we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whale researchers are celebrating a significant return of the humpback whales to the waters of British Columbia. In 2022, 396 unique humpback whales were recorded in the Salish Sea, according to the Canadian Pacific Humpback Collaboration. That total is up from 293 humpbacks uh, spotted in the region in 2017, and this year marked the highest number of whales seen in the Salish Sea in a single year since records began being kept. Joining me now is whale researcher Jackie Holdering from the Canadian uh, Pacific Humpback Collaboration. Jackie, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Jez. Well, this is uh, absolutely wonderful news. Uh, when you hear of uh, counts going up for the humpback whales, it's, it's one thing, but this appears to be the highest ever count. The highest ever count indeed in the Salish Sea in one year. What do you think is causing it? Yeah, it's it's pretty clear. Uh, we got a second chance with humpback whales because we stopped whaling them uh, 55 years ago. So it's population growth uh, that we didn't push this species over the edge. But there also there has to be the right precaution and humility around that. Because even though this is more, since we no longer overtly kill them, it isn't known how many of them are actually shifting from somewhere else. And of course, in a world of change and where you have more whales as well, overlapping with fishing gear and vessel traffic, it's not like the threats have disappeared. If anything, they're increasing. Have we seen uh, blips in the, in, in, in the uh, research or in the data where you have seen these increases, but then it's leveled off the following year or years after? Do you, are you concerned that this may be a one or two year thing and then we go back to the same numbers that we've had before? It is possible that, so we haven't seen that on British Columbia's coast. Um, the efforts from the Canadian Pacific Humpback Collaboration, the people who are trying to keep track of who these whales are, what we have seen is progressive building of numbers. They are so importantly that it's not whales randomly blundering up and down the coast, but these are humpbacks coming back to very specific areas at specific, specific times of the year and even using different feeding strategies. So they're specialists uh, in certain areas of our coast so we still see the numbers generally increasing, but our colleagues in Southeast Alaska, for example, during um, a marine heat wave that ended in 2018, they saw a, a big absence of the humpbacks that had the same sort of return to the same area, and it has never recovered. And those humpbacks are not these humpbacks. What are the migratory pattern, patterns for the humpback whales? Yeah, so, so important with all of this is to know why the humpbacks 
belong off our coast and that thank goodness they're back to their ecological role again still recovering it's not that they're back to the numbers that they used to be this is where they feed the dark waters full of plankton the cold water is where humpbacks feed where they have to build up to be able to undertake migrations to hawaii mexico or central america where the mums if they're nursing will even lose up to half their body mass And so this is where they feed. They're also fertilizing this ecosystem. Part of the joy of having humpbacks back is whales poo at the surface. And as a result, they're fertilizing. There's more algae, which means you get more oxygen and terribly important. You also get more carbon dioxide being buffered. And then what the whales are doing for us even goes beyond that. The krill and herring, other small schooling fish from British Columbia, are actually being transported to these nutrient-poor areas like Hawaii, Mexico, and Central America when the whales pee there. So whales, thank you for everything you're doing for us. (laughs) Um, uh, What does government need to do further provincially and federally? If this is good news, how do we sustain this? What other things can can we collectively do as as a society? Yeah, so so it absolutely is not the case that everything's okay with humpbacks. It's terribly important to realize that, yes, there's more along the coast of British Columbia, and right away from that, it is, what are we going to do then with the overlap of fishing here and with vessel traffic? And important in understanding the, the, the importance for precaution is also dead whales usually sink and carry their nutrients, their carbon, with them to the bottom of the ocean. So in knowing how many are getting hurt, it's difficult, which is why we study like the scars, for example, is the evidence. That shows that about 50% of the humpbacks have scarring from entanglement. So that's a problem that needs to be solved at the source because no fisher person wants to lose their gear to humpbacks, let alone what it means for the whales. But then absolutely as well, vessel traffic is a problem. You've got small vessels, of course, are highly incentivized to not crash into a humpback. These are such different whales and how they're feeding on our coast and how they can be oblivious of vessels. And there's been very significant human injury already. But it's the large vessels that may not even feel the impact. So we, the researchers, know just not where areas of concentration are along the coast. We know where individuals often are at certain times. So by looking at that and looking at large vessel traffic, the amount, the location, and the speed that those vessels are going There is so much that can be done there. And there's things that can be done like in alerting and using warning flags. But truly in narrow passes, once a large vessel is committed, there is no potential of diverting from from whales being in that area. Uh, The federal government uh, just recently announced uh, a vessel buyback program for those who wish to leave the the fishing business uh, and and the purchase of their their, uh, vessels as well. I mean, all that's part and parcel also of of the, the, not that we need the fishing industry, but it is very efficient in regards to what they do. You may not need as many vessels out there as as we once did. That's all part part of it as well, isn't it? Yeah, potentially. But I, I, of course, that's a complicated issue in terms of, of looking at carbon and noise and everything else. Because, uh, yeah, if we don't have localized fishing, where is our fish coming from? Mm-hmm. So it, it is looking at, like, like human ingenuity can bring us a long way in reducing the threats. But the, the main gap that needs to be addressed is the overlap piece of this. We can move towards ropeless gear, for example, with the fishing community being appropriately compensated for all of that. Mm -hmm. But it is truly like the fundamental thing that hasn't even been done 
is to look at is the equivalent now of like the Salish Sea being like like with the number of calves that are the first year calves that are there with their mums. It's like a busy school zone. We stopped whaling 55 years ago. We now care about whales as individuals. Wonderful. Who are we going to be now? Do we care that there are large vessels exactly where you have hungry humpbacks who are nursing their babies? And I think that we do care about that. And then there is so much that can be done from there. Well, Jackie, I got to tell you, this is wonderful news uh, and there's more work to do, certainly. But uh, it's great to hear uh, that the population um, uh, is growing and uh, hopefully uh, this count that, that is the highest ever continues in that direction that we all want to see. Thank you so much for your time and Merry Christmas Absolutely. to you. You're, you're so welcome. And please, if people could check seeablogoslow.org for what they can do to reduce the threats. Thank you. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.